Welcome to the All Elite Wrestling Podcast. It's All Elite Wrestling Unrestricted, the official podcast of AEW, Tony Schiavone, and my longtime close personal friend, Aubrey Edwards. Hey. Hey, how you doing? Good, how are you? I'm all right. Thanks for asking, man. Crazy time, but it's great being able to talk to you. And our special guest today, and I say special because he's one of our favorites, and I say that sincerely. Sean. Really? Yeah, I, I do say that sincerely. <laughs> wow. But, 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 because I have a lot, I have a lot of fun. It, it, it's, look, look. There are a lot of guys and gals in AEW that don't have the personality that Sean Spears has. I mean, they really don't. So I agree. I agree one hundred percent. A lot of people on social media will disagree with you there. Uh, <laughs> I mean, a ton. Well, what a the hell ton. do they know? Okay, uh, Sean Spears. I'm, I'm going to I'm going to read down the list of Sean Spears' accomplishments. You ready? As we I have, have a list of accomplishments. It's yes, a big list. It's a big list. Oh, this it's should be quick. One. Okay, no, it, it it should be it should be good. You should like this. Uh, three times Ohio Ohio Valley Wrestling Southern Tag Team Champ, three times Ohio Valley Wrestling Television Champ, Florida Championship Wrestling Tag Team Champion, WWC World Tag Team Champion, ACW Heavyweight Champion, TCW Heavyweight Champion, Pure Wrestling Association Champ, PWA Commonwealth Champ, and in 2012, Pro Wrestling Illustrated rated you number 180 of the top 500. In wrestling. Told you it was wow. long. See, pretty good, huh? Your wiki homework was fantastic. Good job, Tony. <laughs> Nicely done. Here's the good thing about this, Sean. I don't do the homework. Ha. Ah, that's just a <laughs> just a well, well knowledgeable man. Funny thing about those OVW accolades, there was a time where uh, I had the OVW heavyweight championship, television championship, and tag team championship uh, at one hmm. time, but it's not listed there because our television only spanned out in certain counties. So in different counties, like in the old territory days, guys would be a champion over here, and then they wouldn't be a champion in this city. And then, but there, that was a cool thing about OVW. Just a little tidbit fact that's not listed there in my list of accomplishments. I was a champion. You just uh, just not listed there, big guy. Mm, I, I missed. It. So we missed that tenth bullet point. We'll have to. Right? Uh, we'll have to talk to the research people and make sure that <laughs> yes. uh, that gets updated in the future. Uh, we want to talk though. First of all, we got. Uh, a lot to talk to you about. I want to talk first of all about uh, what's been going on with you and AEW and what's been going on with AEW. Crazy time, isn't it? I mean, to be a wrestler and to be a, a person that's involved with our business. I think it's a crazy time kind of for everybody. And I, I agree with you wholeheartedly, but not only for us as performers, but I think for our audience. You know, the uh, the beautiful thing about having live shows is, you know, piling your buddies into cars or your family into cars and spending your hard-earned money and driving to a show to watch three hours of good wrestling. And yeah. right now that's kind of a, you know, non-existent for a lot of our fans. Luckily, obviously we're able to perform uh, weekly television still, thankfully, but you know, as a performer, I'll say it first and foremost, it's not the same, you know, our mm-hmm. audience is 97% of why we do this. Uh, so it's missing, but it's a tough time for everybody, not just us. Everybody's going through a very difficult time right now. So speaking of audience, because I mean, I 100% agree with you, like the audience is a huge aspect, performing for fans is huge, and I think we all miss it. But one of the things that I really loved about working with you recently is how you've sort of become this big part of our audience. Like, I think the first live show we did without fans, like you and MJF were like betting on different things, like you've got your little blocks making noise. Like, what has that whole process been like? And are you given any direction for like, be a fan? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so uh, the idea was Tony's, actually. The night before television 
he called and we talked about 20 minutes and he said, I have this idea. I want to put you and MJF in the crowd. And I kind of just want to give you guys, you know, free reign to go out and do what you guys want to do and bet on some matches. And I thought that was a hilarious concept and you pretty much can't ask for a better charismatic dance partner than MJF. So when they kind of put us out there, they just said, yeah, do whatever you want. Have some fun. I'm like, well, can I eat food while I'm out here? I'll be hungry. They're like, yeah, go ahead. MJF's like, can I have a glass of wine? They're like, yeah, go ahead. And we're like, oh, that was a bad idea. That was a bad idea. Well, for him, he's a lightweight. For him. (laughs) But the concept from there just kind of kept building. And here's the thing. Uh, And I tell this to some young talent. Being out there as an audience member is an opportunity in itself. You might not get that television time in the ring performing, or you might not get that promo time backstage in a segment or a live mic in the ring. That in itself, being an audience member, is an opportunity. The camera is going to catch you. I said it recently to a few other talent. I said, uh, we were out in the crowd, I think it was a couple of weeks ago. I said, I dare you to steal the camera from me. <laughs> I dare you. If you could do it, if you can do it, then I'm not doing a good job, but I, with good luck. And I think that's when I pulled that. I tailgated on the back of a golf cart. So it's just finding different ways to stand out, show some personality without taking away from the actual in-ring product. It's a very slippery slope and you kind of have to pick your spots. But at the same time, it's an opportunity to showcase any kind of personality, you know, get over any kind of catchphrases you're trying to do or, or it's just in general have a good time, man. That's what it's all about anyway. Well, you look like you're having a good time out there. I mean, uh, it's, uh, I, I know it's a job and it's part of the show, but it looks like you and, and MJF Wardlow and some of the ladies like Brit and even on the other side, uh, are having a great time. It adds to the show. I think for the performers in the ring, you know, when it, when it's silent or when you, you know, when that energy of the audience isn't there, you feel the bumps a little more. You feel yourself losing breath a little quicker. The, the, the energy, the adrenaline isn't pumping as much as it normally is in front of a live audience. So I think to have your peers out there and you know people that understand the industry and people that just overall want to have a good time and are kind of helping the match or helping the segment, whatever is actually taking place at the moment, it is a massive boost to us as in-ring talent. So I'm just trying to help in any way I can, at the same time taking advantage of a good opportunity. Absolutely. So we've got the, we're basically filming like every other week now, doing some live, some tape shows, but on the opposite, and we had talked to Tony about this on a previous podcast, like the crazy day in Atlanta where we basically filmed like six episodes of TV or whatever in a row. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mm -hmm. I know we kicked off the day with you and Cody as the first match in the TNT championship tournament. Are there any other matches that happened during the day? And like, what was that day like for you? Because I know for everyone else, it was a little bit different. Uh, That was a very packed day. Funny thing is, Tony, I don't know if you're aware of this. You might be actually. I I was supposed to do commentary with you. Yes, I know. It was going to be scheduled to, I I was told uh, the night before, because I think we did, we did live TV. That's right. And then I was called after that. And Tony's like, hey, uh, Tony Khan, sorry. I was like, hey, uh, I think you're going to be on commentary tomorrow with Shivani, and it's going to go for about a month. And I was like, I haven't been nervous like a ton <laughs> in a very long time. I get nervous before every match, but I wasn't like, oh, my God, like I was in that case because, number one, I'm out there with arguably one of the greatest call men in the business today. But now I got to step up and hold my own. So it was, it was a big uh, like a challenge that I got really excited about, but I was also very nervous about. Luckily and thankfully, it worked out for the best because – you have one of the greatest of all time, Jericho, coming in, and it just added a whole different dynamic to the show. And obviously, Jericho did a fantastic job of you know building up each talent and making matches 
feel bigger or feel as big as they were. So uh, that was wonderful. But I was really looking forward to that. Hopefully we'll get to do it again soon at some point, Tony. I, I think we will. You're gonna yeah. have to you're gonna have to try and steal it from me though, baby. When I That's get going, okay. I get going. No, you know I, mean? I, I don't want to. <laughs> listen, I don't want to steal it from you because I want you to be uh, Sean Spears on the microphone. I wanted Chris Jericho to be Chris Jericho. So don't worry about me trying to steal it from you. I, I, I think there will be a chance. As uh, Sean, I I knew that when I arrived that day it was gonna be me and you. Then I was told Jericho was here. I thought Jericho was just gonna sit down and do like a couple of matches that related to the inner circle. <laughs> and I didn't know till Jericho sat down beside of me that it was going to be Jericho the entire day. So that's how wrestling is. You never know sometimes until the last minute. Right. And at the end of the day, you got to be able to step up and adapt or you kind of get left behind. And that's the yeah. beautiful thing about pro wrestling. Uh, I remember I did it once for AW Dark. I did a commentary with uh, Excalibur. It is an extremely, extremely difficult job. Oh, yeah. It gave me a whole new appreciation to how on point you need to be and how careful you need to be. Because I was a, almost like a, a color aspect of it. I was a heel. I was a bad guy on commentary. But I have to walk that fine line when I'm talking about baby faces. And I'm talking like there's so many ins and outs that you need to be aware of at all times. It's a very difficult job. So kudos to you and uh, Chris, Tony, because uh, you guys did a wonderful job. Obviously, it was all over social media. You guys killed yeah. it and it added to those shows. Sorry, Aubrey, I kind of got drifted away. Uh, there was a few other matches that day. I think they were uh, enhancement matches. Mm -hmm. But the thing, I remember looking at the board, and I want to say there was roughly 20-some-odd matches. There was a lot. There was so many matches, but not once. And I remember um, kind of stopping and looking around. Not once did I see people down. Did I see them kind of complaining? I didn't see anybody whining. I didn't see anybody. You know, we had a very short short roster i think we were rolling yes. with about 20 percent uh, of our of our active roster and our active television roster so again it was a wonderful opportunity for younger talent to step up get a little bit more tv time and that includes myself i got a great deal of television time during the course of those two days i think i made a joke on twitter where somebody said something about my career previously that i was barely on tv and i think i actually went back and did some number crunching and in those two days over the course of two weeks of tapings i was on tv more minutes than i had in my entire 2018 i believe it wow and i was just, and i went oh wow i go wow that's very telling but again like tony just said those opportunities are going to pop up and when you have to go 20 minutes on television because we're short-staffed or time gets added or for whatever reasons you have to be ready to adapt and that's the world pro wrestling that's the top level so i'll take full advantage of it anytime i can get it i want to, I want to go back and ask you you mentioned about uh being doing the commentary with excalibur and, and did that once you did the commentary and then you go back to the ring did that change anything that you did in the ring your perspective of what's going on by mm -hmm. watching a match and calling it mm -hmm. great question so i was always very good about trying to find camera shots and i would you know, let my producer or some of the cameramen know like, hey, look, when I kind of do this, I want to get this shot. So having that commentator's perspective, it forced me to kind of almost count in my mind, okay, they're going to be talking about this moment. They're going to be putting their own little spin on it. I need to give them time to do so. So if I rushed past what you were trying to explain, if I wasn't patient enough in terms of what you were trying to describe to our audience, we were going to miss that moment. Right. So I just kind of 
I was always, I felt I was always good about slowing down in the ring and finding moments and finding enough time. But I really kind of focused on finding more time if needed to let you guys tell the story that I'm trying to convey. So it was more just focusing on knowing that the, the product is just bigger than myself. You know, it's a massive team effort. It's, it's the other guy I'm working with in the ring. It's the commentators. It's the cameramen. It's the lighting. It's a big production. And in order for that story to be told properly and told the right way, all key ingredients need to be cooking as best as they can be. So just, uh, just focusing on slowing down and letting you guys do what you do best. And that's pretty much make us look like stars. want to uh, also go back and talk about uh, your match with uh, Cody at all out Ooh. where you became the chairman mm. of AEW and you crack him over the head with a chair. Well, that was fighter fest. Last That's year. fighter fest. Yeah. Was that fighter fest? Okay. Sorry. Fighter fest. Well, the fighter fest and it's set up for all out. Cause that was the first time that Sean right. and I actually worked together. Like in any capacity, you cracked him over the head with a chair and that set it up. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did he say lay it in? Because you did. That sounds like a Cody thing. <laughs> I, I did. It's funny that, you know, you get nicknamed the chairman and then you hit a guy once with a chair and then you never touched anybody else with a chair since then. It's, it's kind of the, <laughs> the, the moniker is, is funny. But, uh, you know, to that point, I mean, that was a, that created a lot of traction, a lot of buzz, both positively and negatively. Here's the thing with Cody and we go, you know, the history between us is pretty well documented. We go back a very, very long way. That guy is never going to half-ass anything. I know. know, If you put him on top of a cage, he's going to moonsault off. If you hit him in the head with a chair and I say, man, look, get a hand up. He's going to go, no. He's going to say swing for the fences. And as a performer, we have the same mentality. You'll see him say it a lot publicly, you know, when he says that he's going to outwork you, when he says he's going to outdog you, when he says he's going to outperform you, he means it. Mm-hmm. What right. he may not understand is I'm that guy too. So I can't also half-ass anything. So if I'm going to swing, I'm going to swing for the fences. Obviously, you know, that's millimeters and microseconds you know, when they say timing is everything, they are paramount in professional wrestling because if you're off by even a fraction of a you know millimeter, obviously, as we saw at Fighter Fest, bad things can happen. Having said that, and I'm pretty sure I could say this with confidence because he'll agree, if anything, it added to the story. It added to sure. our setup. Oh, absolutely. To all out, you know, but every time he kind of rubs the one side of his head, he's always going to remember me. So... Uh, you know, that we're, we're kind of the same guy in terms of performance and in terms of, um, you know, putting ourselves out there and not half-assing anything. And I think we're going to be tied at the hip at some point, like I think for the rest of our careers to some degree, uh, not just based on this, but who knows what's happening in the future. Regardless, we're going to go all out for, no pun intended, for our audience mm-hmm. in any way we can. Nothing wrong with that. We are talking uh, to Sean Spears, and we're going to talk about the TNT tournament that he was in and about his road, some more of his road, to AEW. This is AEW Unrestricted, the official podcast of AEW. Aubrey Edwards and Tony Schiavone here with the amazing, amazing Sean Spears, one of the people that I actually like working with the most, by the way. Uh, and I'm not saying that to, just to kiss your ass. It's true. Oh, you're one of my most requested referees, especially oh, if uh, I have uh, uh, you know some shenanigans taking place, which I have in the last few months. We've had a couple comedy matches together, and I really, really appreciate it because a lot of times, like, 
I know I get booked in kind of the more like serious authoritative roles. So anytime I get to kind of break away from that is like, I, I really appreciate it. So like push up contest, actually that kind of leads into the question I had. I wanted to talk about your match at uh, most recent double or nothing uh, with, <laughs> with Tully on your, your underpants. So like uh-huh. my favorite part of that is I knew you were going to have something there, but you didn't tell me what it was. Mm-hmm. So when your pants came down, because of the coloration, I seriously thought your balls were out. Right. And I'm like, oh, my God, am I going to have to pull like a like a fucking Tommy Young shit here? Like, I mean, I like Sean, but I'll pop him back in if I need to. Like, what the fuck's <laughs> going on here? <laughs> no, don't worry. I uh, I had I doubled up. I had yeah. two la- I had two layers because, you You're know, I've been around long enough to know that things can happen and I'm not going to leave anything to chance on pay-per-view, you know, and obviously I got to keep in mind my audience and who's watching. It was mainly designed to be a comedy bit, but it was designed, you know, it was a last minute addition to the card. For one, we, I think I did a new segment trying to set it up on a Wednesday and the match happened on a Saturday, Mm -hmm. but I also sat back. And if you look at the totality of that card, it was stacked from start to finish. And, you know, when you got the stampede match and you got the TNT championship final, and then you got the ladder match, like you have so many different elements of professional wrestling on one card, how can you be different or how can you at least fit into this card with the time allotted, which I believe was about five to seven minutes. Right. I think, I think there was eight total, like, right. Like including entrances. Yeah. You know, and this is one of those things where the beautiful thing about AEW is you talent has freedom to go ahead, go out and do what you want. Now the boxers, I didn't tell a lot of people about, I told our cameramen, I didn't even Good. smart up the announcers. Tony, you know that. I didn't smart up right. anybody. And that includes a lot of the EVPs. They didn't know. Uh, <laughs> Tony didn't know either. It was just something that I went out and did on pay-per-view. Because in my mind, I was going to get people talking about me one way or the other. You know, that's just one way of, in my opinion, trying to stand out, trying to have a memorable moment, good or bad. You know, whether it's a swing and a hit or a swing and a miss. One way or another, I want people talking about me along with this pay-per-view. So um, in retrospect, that might not have been the best way to go, or it might have been a very entertaining way to go. I felt if you can find me a better entertaining five-day minutes, knock yourself out. You oh, know, yeah. Would it have been suited better for TV? Probably. It was probably not a pay-per-view quality match or segment. Uh, probably would have fit better on TV. Um, because at the same time, I have to remember that pe- people are paying a lot of money to watch this pay-per-view. And that might not have been something that they were looking to see or expecting to see or wanted to see. So going forward as a performer, I need to keep that in mind. But at the same time, I wanted to try and offer our audience something different, whether it be you know, a little break in the seriousness of a lot of high-caliber, high-octane matches on that card. Like you got Moxley and, and Lee and like they're out there killing each other for the world championship. It's, I just tried to find a, a moment. I mean, you guys can probably tell me better. You were in the ring with me, Aubrey, so you, you saw what was going on. But Shivani, I'd like to get your point of view from where you were sitting <laughs> in between, you know, when you're sitting there with JR and you're sitting there with Excalibur. I mean, I can only imagine the looks that you guys might have been giving each other. And I don't get offended. It's, it's wrestling. I don't get offended. So please, what'd you think? Well, here's what I think. I, First thing I thought of when I saw it was, does Tully know this is happening? That's what I thought, okay? (laughs) And as a result, though, you cannot deny, and I don't think Aubrey can, anybody who's been watching social media, 
that as a result of that, Tully gave one of the most ass-kicking interviews with you in the back that I think is really just going to enhance you, enhance uh, your direction forward. I think you kind of fell into something here. He uh, he didn't know either. I did not smarten him up as well. I mean, if Bossman doesn't know, then Tully absolutely doesn't. Yeah, know, right? no, nobody <laughs> knew. But to your point, you know, we, we had a couple conversations afterwards because he hasn't been seen on TV. Obviously, the whole pandemic and thing kind of, you know, it, it kind of shut down a lot of people and he couldn't be seen for, what, eight weeks? Yeah. So that's the first time people have seen him and they see him in that capacity. He wasn't he wasn't too thrilled. And to your point, Tony, he uh, I mean, I've watched it back on a few occasions and it's probably one of the best promos that I have uh, been a part of or seen in probably right. a couple of years. Mm-hmm. You know, I got goosebumps kind of thinking about it now because, you know, this is Tully Blanchard. This is Hall of Famer. This is one of the greatest of all time. And he still has it. Like he, 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 you know, I never questioned it for a second, but if you don't watch that and get motivated or fired up, or if you don't, if you don't feel something, then you don't have a soul. But uh, I, I got the message loud and clear. And I think you're right. I think we fell into something or, Maybe it was a plan all along there, Siobhan. Uh, Maybe it was uh, a plan all along. Not just a pretty face. Not just a pretty face. (laughs) We have discovered something. We have unveiled something here on Unrestricted. No, that that interview, and I can say this truthfully because I was a part of uh, the Horsemen. Mm -hmm, Uh, mm -hmm. I wasn't a part of the Horsemen, but I was there when they were formed. That That was reminiscent of a Tully Blanchard pissed off at Magnum TA or Dusty Rhodes interview from uh, the old TBS studios. Mm-hmm. It was. I mean, that I, I agree that I went, holy shit, mm-hmm. that brings us back. Mm-hmm. And that was that was tremendous. So uh, hopefully moving on from there, uh, it's going to uh, start some great things for you because, hey, man, I'm sincere. You deserve it. You really do. There, There's there's no going back. I appreciate that. But there's, uh, there's no going back. I think the, you know, I'm much more... Um, you know, Tully brought up a good, a good point. You know, what do you want to be remembered for? You know, I think coming over to AEW, I, I just wanted the opportunity to kind of show different layers. I can, you know, I can do a little bit of commentary. I can be comedic if need be. I can rifle someone in the head with a chair. I can, uh, you know, I can hold my own against some of the best talent in the world today. I'm probably, I, mean, I could say this with confidence, I'm a very well-rounded performer. I can do a little bit of everything at any time. But to Tully's point, what do you want to be remembered for? Do you want to be remembered for haha? Do you want to be remembered for being a jack of all trades? Or do you want to be remembered as being a champion? Do you want accolades? Do you want people to go, yeah, I remember when he beat so-and-so for the world title, for the TNT title, for the tag team championships. That kind of uh, struck a chord. And he brings up a very, very good point. And I mean, he's very well decorated himself, so he knows what he's talking about. Yeah. It's good stuff, man. Unfortunately, though, we probably won't see the Sean Spears News Network anymore, which uh, I loved. How good was that? Absolutely. I absolutely loved it. So good. Yeah, it was was tremendous. Again, it was just the freedom. Yeah. The freedom to go ahead and do what you want. Literally, I I scribbled down three sentences on a piece of paper and formed everything around that. They said, go ahead. Yeah, it was it was tremendous. I want to talk. You were in the TNT uh, tournament. That was something that uh, that TNT wanted that I, I think is it's kind of like our television championship, mm-hmm. and uh, uh, what do you think about that? I mean, you had a, you had a great match, and uh, you were part of it. You you did well in it, and uh, 
there's a chance we would see you uh, vie for the uh, championship. That title in itself, the TNT Championship, is tailor-made for guys like me. Mm-hmm. Um, right. I've always seen myself as a, you know, uh, a United States champion. I always seen myself as a, you know, as an intercontinental champion growing up as a kid. And the TNT championship fits right in along with what Tully and I are going for. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that makes the most sense being a part of that tournament, groundbreaking history making. Yep. But of course I draw my, you know, arch, whatever you want to call that guy. He's, he's a, uh, Cody. So, uh, you know, I, I run into, it's, that's two roadblocks I've run into with him. Uh, but timing is everything. Tully and I, right. uh, especially recently, we, we have a plan in place and, uh, I think we're going to be in the TNT title picture sooner rather than later, but timing is everything. Everybody's going to be gunning for that championship, especially now that sure. it's an open challenge. Mm-hmm. Right. He's made it open to everybody. So, you know, while he's paying attention to that, he might not be paying attention to, you know, someone sneaking up behind him. To me, as uh, just not only as an announcer, but as a fan, to me, a television champion, a champion that defends the belt on television, mm-hmm. open to, always work better as a heel. Arn Anderson was a great one. Tully Blanchard was a great one. Those heels that each and every week did something to keep the title that was underhanded. Mm-hmm. That to me, that was always that was my feeling on that. As I'm not, I'm not, I'm not questioning what we're doing right now with Cody because I know, you, like you said, Cody will do anything. He'll outwork anybody, and that's why he's on there. Mm-hmm. But to me, it was always meant to be like one of those. It, it's it's kind of like in a way, like you know, back in the old boy, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna date myself here, but back in the old days, it worked better when the NWA World Champion was the heel. Harley Race came into all these territories, and he screwed over the top babyface and. That was kind of the hallmark of him being the world champion. Right. So there that's there, there was money yeah. in the chase. You, right. You, you, exactly. hated, you hated this guy to the point where you wanted to see anybody beat him. And if the heel was doing his job, you know, it didn't matter who it was. They just wanted to see him lose. Right. You know, on the flip side here, if you look at who our champions are, you know, with Mox having the world championship, Cody having that these are two of our top baby faces. These are two of mm-hmm. our top good guys. They're also very top talent contenders they're that's right you know how many who, who can you see dethroning these guys at that moment and that list is very short in my opinion uh if anything so uh it's different it's unique uh but at the same time i don't think it changes the mentality uh the goal is the same you know cody and mox those two guys are on top right now there's only one way to go when you're on top you know what i mean a guy like me who doesn't really have much to lose anymore you know i think hitting you know rock bottom on that pay-per-view recently against dustin kind of put us on path to who knows what but at the same time we we can only go up we can only go up and at some point if you're on top too long you get a little sloppy i don't care how hard of a worker you are you're not paying attention you're not looking over your shoulder as much as you used to you get a little too, little too comfortable and that's where you make mistakes and that's where guys like me who've been around for almost 19 years take advantage those mistakes. So I've got kind of a question on that topic because obviously the goal is always to like get the championship, have the title, defend it, all of those things. But kind of more on a personal level, uh, what were your goals coming into AEW kind of behind the scenes, if anything? Like kind of touching on the whole thing you have with Tully right now, like what is your legacy? Like obviously in ring is one story, but 
Like, is there anything that you're looking to do outside of the ring? So uh, it, that's a, that's a great question. I'm glad you brought this up because I you see a lot on social media. It goes back. I'm used to it. I'm used to seeing both sides of the coin, good, bad, or different. But a lot of people thought that I came into AEW to to go right into the main event and right to the top of the mountain and you know get all the titles thrown on you and you know push, 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 push. Not the case. Exactly. I was. I came over here to to enjoy the remaining years of my career. I'm much more closer to the end of my career than I am at the beginning. I feel great. I, the, the schedule has allowed me to heal a lot of nagging injuries. I could last another three to five years in ring with ease, comfortably. Um, the other very luring thing was the creative freedom. Um, I think anybody watching this will agree that in the course of a year, I've been able to speak a lot more, show personality a lot more. The Sean Spears News, for example, was uh, a great example of that recently. Um, but I might not have received those opportunities anywhere else. I didn't receive those opportunities anywhere else. So it's just a matter of coming over here, showing what you can do. And then at the same time, like the last thing I expected was to be put with Tully Blanchard. Like, mm-hmm. Wow. You know what I mean? Like, so sure. things like that, that would have never happened anywhere else. That was not even fathomable to me, you know, three years ago is it's a, it's a refreshing twist and it gets me excited all over again. And I get excited about ideas and I get excited to, to get, I challenge, like, go ahead and say whatever you want. Well, now it's on me to make it good. So mm-hmm. if it flops, there's no one to blame, but myself, you know what I mean? So now it's just, I, I feel like a young upstart again by, by trying stuff and trial and error, that didn't work. Don't do that again. Let's start navigating towards this way. And you kind of just, again, you peel back layers. When you talk about guys that have been around for, you know, 25, 30 years, like Chris Jericho, who's constantly reinvented himself time after time, after time again, you're talking about a global mega star. Well, the underbelly of that as well is that there's, there's guys who have been around for 10, 15, almost 20 years that are not, that legend status that are not those top, top, you know, Hall of Fame bound guys, but they're still works in progress. They're still finding layers to their character. They're still finding layers to the personality that, you know, when you peel them back, so like, who knows what's underneath there? And that's the exciting thing for me coming here in AEW. Like, sometimes I don't know what I'm capable of. And that to me is exciting. Damn. We're uh, talking with Sean Spears. Sean, I wanted to, uh, I wanted to ask you about uh, you being from Canada. And your one of your finishing moves is that a modified sharpshooter. Is that an homage to Bret Hart? It is. Uh, I actually reached out to Bret uh, a few months ago. Just you know, I have a school in Apopka, Florida, and when you're kicking around trying to come up with new ideas, you're very well aware of the fact that there's you're not going to really invent uh, the wheel any more than it's already been invented. You can only kind of you know build on top of it. I'm not going to invent any new moves or nothing like that. So I was kind of racking my brains and I just started thinking back to my childhood. What did I love as a child? What is one of those things that is kind of paramount in the wrestling world? And, you know, I was looking for a submission and the sharpshooter popped into my mind and I was like, well, everybody kind of does one. This one, this person does one, that person does one. And I was like, well, I'm just going to ask Brett. And I actually reached out and he got back to me, said, yeah, he goes, just, you know, do me a favor and win with it every now and then. (laughs) So, Because, you know, uh, like a lot of moves nowadays, you know, they're either, you know, transitional moves or they're moves that are, you know, gotten out of to, you know, lead to something else. And I agreed and I thought it was a great idea. And 
it just took me a while to kind of present it. So yeah, it's definitely uh, paying tribute to a Canadian icon, a legend. And, uh, you know, the fact that he kind of gave me the nod of approval and go ahead and and that just makes it a little bit more special to me. I'm not going to change the name. I'm not going to change anything like that. How, how dare I? How dare I even think about doing that? It's the sharpshooter. We'll always be the sharpshooter. And uh, yeah, it's not the last you're going to see of it. God, so good. <laughs> Again, it's like if I would have tried to pull that, you know, in a, you know, two or three or four years ago, they'd be like, no, 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 no. No, no, no. It's like, man, Brett, right. Brett Hart said I could. Brett, Brett, Brett said I could. Like, it's just uh, like a kid in a candy store. And that's... Like, so Tony, let me ask you as well. How many years have you been in the industry total? Uh, since 1983. Mm. You've seen it all. You've done it all. Yeah. You've been like, you know, you were there when guys were, were first starting out and you couldn't, or maybe you could, but you, you know, you didn't picture them becoming the global stars that they finally did. And then to finally right. see it happen, like you've been through a lot of great moments in history and wrestling. I'm yeah. sure that there are still times now where you get excited. And you're like, oh, oh yeah. this is going to be great. This is going to be great. Right. I do. I, I And I want my excitement to be genuine. Right. Because I really am. So that's, yeah. I'm still finding that now. Like for a long time, I lost that. I wasn't excited yeah. to work. I wasn't excited about ideas. I wasn't, I was just like, okay. Uh. But now like with Tully and then all of a sudden Brett's texting me and I'm like, what? what is happening here? What like, is my what, life? <laughs> what is going on? And then I, you know, Mike Tyson walks up, walks in, we bump into each other around the corner. I'm like, Oh, Hey Mike. And he's like, Oh, Hey, how are you? Very nice to see you Spears. And I'm like, what, what is happening right now? And that's, <laughs> this is, it's a mind blowing, but again, it's, I feel like a kid starting all over again. And it's, it's like a breath of, ah, you, you get excited and your heart starts pumping just a little bit quicker. And man, it's pretty great. Damn. Wrestling, wrestling is the best. It is. Everyone's best. excited to go to work. It's pretty awesome. Right? Yeah, it's fun, and it should be. It's fun. fantastic. This is a fantastic conversation we're having with Sean Spears at AEW Unrestricted. Yeah. When we get back, uh, let's talk a little bit more about uh, Sean Spears outside of the ring. Don't tell me how to live, Aubrey. Ah. This is AEW Unrestricted. Tony Schiavone and Aubrey Edwards here with Sean Spears. Really awesome conversation talking about you know day to day AEW creative freedom. Uh, you kind of touched a little bit on like having a wrestling school, which I've heard a little bit about because I think Dasha is one of your students. Yeah, Dasha comes by a bit. Yeah. Yeah. So what's what's it like running a wrestling school at the same time you're on television? So now I have the time to do so. Um, yes. Uh, with the AW schedule. So it kind of came at a very, very unique time. It's myself, my business partner, Matt. He also worked. He works for WWE. We both run it. And our schedules match up really, really well. It's it's so rewarding. You know, you hear a lot of people say, oh, giving back, giving back, giving back. I'm able to do that while I'm actively working for AEW, but I'm also able to do that, um, you know, with my wrestling school. And I have a very, you, know, you always hear the term, don't forget where you come from. Mm-hmm. I am very, very good at understanding that I was at one point in the same place they are when they walk into my school. They have no idea what they're doing. They're scared to death. Their heart's pumping. They're tired within the first two minutes. Uh, you know, But the idea that, that, that this could lead somewhere, this could be big, this could be everything I hoped it would be, as long as I bust my ass, I can relate to that. But it's, it's wonderful, A, having a ring at your disposal just to kind of go in and kick around. And I've had people, you know, we've had Swole in there. We've had, mm-hmm. you know, Brody Lee comes in, um, you know, uh, 
Matt Cardona was just in there recently. Like we have people come in there all the time. Uh, and so, so sometimes our students get a little bit more out of nowhere, like out of left field, all of a sudden someone walks in and they're like, oh. it's like, yeah, yeah, people, you know, I work here, my business partner works there and we have the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what is appealing about our school. I mean, it's just a bunch of knowledge and sharing. Like I see that a lot backstage uh, with you when you've got like matches with enhancement guys and whatnot, just seeing the conversation that happens immediately after and all of the feedback you're giving them and just trying to make them better. It's like, oh no, this guy's definitely a coach. Okay. I get it. Well, but it's, it goes back to just having empathy and understanding exactly. where they are. On the other hand, like when the, like you talk about those enhancement matches for a very long time, I know what those are like. I know what it's like to be on the other side of that. Now, just because you're in that role, then it doesn't mean you're going to be in that role for the rest of your career. It's just don't look at it as like, oh, okay, well, I guess I'm just an enhancement talent tonight. Well, yeah, but there's a lesson to be learned in there. You know, you go out and do your job to the best of your ability you know, and you make that guy that you're working with look as best as he possibly can, there's a good chance you're going to come back and get to do it again. Now, over time, you build a rapport. Now, over time, you do things professionally. You're respectful. You, you know, you kind of just, you know, the, the old the old saying, and I don't mean the old saying, but it was, you know, back to the wall, eyes and ears mm-hmm. open, mouth mm-hmm. shut. Yep. That was, that was it. You do that enough times, someone's going to go, you know what, give that kid a chance. He's pretty good. Sure. And Sometimes that's all you need. It's just that one person, the right time, in a great mood going, put him in. He'll do okay. And who knows what can happen. So I, I understand those positions. Uh, and, uh, you know, anyway, I mean, you saw the last couple of enhancement matches. I, I like to have fun. I like to kind of make my opponents as best I can. But I like to try and pull something out of them too, personality-wise. So it boils down to understanding those situations and, and knowing that you're not locked in those forever. So enjoy it while you can. Love that outlook. Sean, you were married last year. Yeah. Uh, and yeah. And you're, you're, you're kind of like uh, John Moxley in that you work for AEW and your wife works for the WWE. Uh, that's, that makes where I'm, I'm sure uh, a very uh, dynamic relationship. If, if you, you probably had one already. Yeah. Well, yeah, I got married last year. She hasn't smartened up yet and left. So, <laughs> I still got her fooled. Um, yeah, it makes it makes an interesting dynamic. Yes, I agree. But uh, at the same time, it might not be as. Um, and I'm sorry if this bursts in people's bubbles, but it's not as awkward or odd or no, you know, of course difficult not. as people would. It may seem, or people would hope that it would be. It's not like uh, we still have a great deal of time together. Uh, obviously. Well, most businesses in the world are going through the exact same thing because of the pandemic and stuff. So we have a lot of time together, but at the same time, it boils down to we both love professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. She loves what she does. I love what I do. She bounces ideas off me. I bounce ideas off her. You know, we have a school, we go and wrestle against each other. I, I treat them all the same, man. And whether you're male or female, we go hard, we, we wrestle and, it's not as difficult as people may think it is. And at the end of the day, it's professional wrestling. It's a part of our lives. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's one that we both embrace and we both support each other. And we're husband and wife first. Everything else falls underneath that. So it's not really that difficult. It's pretty easy. I love hearing newlyweds talk. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How are you doing, Tony? <laughs> Give it a thought. I'm doing fine, as a matter of fact. Basically, you're saying I've got another six months before I start changing my tune? <laughs> no. A couple years. It's just, I listen. Yeah, I, I'm kidding. She'll be gone in six months. She'll leave me. Yeah. Okay. We were uh, married uh, 39 years on uh, June 6th. Oh, wow. So, What's the secret, Tony? What's the secret? Thank you. 
What secret is is having a man cave like this and locking the doors? Oh, <laughs> but what he's not telling you is that she locks him in. Oh no, she definitely <laughs> right. does. She definitely. Yeah, the does. locks are on the yeah. outside. Exactly. I'm uh, I'm ten years in married uh, this past March, so oh. I'm seeing like between the two, like you and Tony. I'm like, okay, no, I see where this is going. Okay, yeah. I saw where it was. <laughs> <laughs> Sean, you mentioned about your uh, your school and. Uh, what about uh, in, what about indie wrestling now? What, what do you think about that? I mean, we are we've been in a pandemic, and I know that you know we wrestle without fans. I know that independent wrestlers can't go out. And I'm, I'm sure maybe some of them are, but there's if, if there are no fans, they're not going to get paid. Those kids, mm-hmm. right? What do you think about indie wrestling in uh, in 2020? So uh, I am a product, and will always be a product of the independents. I love the independents. Uh, I started there, obviously. Um, so when I left WWE recently, or a year and some odd ago, uh, the independents were extremely hot. I had no idea. I had been under the mm-hmm. loop for so long. I had been in a bubble for so long that I hadn't been paying attention. And you hear about certain independents that are big, uh, that they're big popular ones. But everywhere I went after I left for about two months, they were super busy and super packed. And the energy was through the roof. And I went like, wow. In 2020, there are independent talent that are making mortgage payments, that are paying for their kids to, you know, play sports for the summer. Like, you can make a really good living on the independents if you hustle. Right. But that's the same in life. If you hustle and work hard and bust your ass, be good along the way, you can do very well in anything. Yeah, it's not going to be easy, but you can no, do it. Yeah, but I mean, you just got to get the ground running. And I tell a lot of our students that that come in, like, hey, look, you know. If you want, if you want this, I don't think you understand how hard it is. You see the lights and cameras, uh, you know, of AEW on a Wednesday night, but what you don't see is the work that's put in when the cameras aren't rolling, when there are no lights, when you're not in a stadium, when you know, when you're in a dirty gym or when you're in a community center in the middle of nowhere with ten or fifteen people. That's what it was like when I started. But nowadays, I think young talent, uh, whether you, it's a perfect time to break into the to the industry mm-hmm. because. Independents are are hot. To Tony's point, it's a very, very difficult time right now because obviously everything is shut down. So there's a lot of people right now, a lot of great talent without work. You know, so that's I recently just went on protesting tees and bought like five shirts. Just mm-hmm. just a, a, some people I have never heard of. I just like the designs of their shirts. So uh, it's just a matter of trying to support each other as best they can. As far as I can see, too, a lot of independent talent that is not working right now. They're still very upbeat. They're still very positive for the future. You know what I mean? They're, they're just good, hardworking young kids for the most part. I think when things turn around and we're obviously allowed to have crowds back, I think wrestling, I, I've heard this before, like, oh, how do you think wrestling is going to be? I think we're going to have a whole new, it's going to go to a whole new level. Mm-hmm. I think we as performers are going to have a better appreciation for our audience. And I think our audience is going to be like, they're back. We're back. And I think they realize now more than ever that they are just as big a part of a show as the performance in itself. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a whole, it's a one conglomerate put together that makes a spectacle. And I think they realize that now. And when we're allowed to finally get going, we're going to hit bigger than we were before. And I think the independents are going to thrive more so than ever. It might take a little while to kind of get back off the ground because there's a lot of self-investment. There's a lot of money that goes into those independent promotions that people are forking out of their own pocket. Mm -hmm. So it might take a heartbeat to kind of kickstart the independence again. 
But once it gets going, I think everybody's going to kind of rally together. There's going to be some great shows. I think the independents have, well, they've obviously fueled the business, but when you talk about yourself and Aubrey, who have been in the independents, when you get a chance in like AEW or the WWE, you make the most of mm-hmm. it. I, I think it, it creates harder working, more appreciative kids. I, I really do. I, and I, and I, and I, res- and that's why I always respect you and Aubrey and everybody else who came up through the independents. And I try my best to, to, you know, help them, you guys with your career, because I respect that. I really do. Cause I know it's a grind. It is. I brought one of my, um, one of my first students, I brought her to, uh, to television. I think it was two, maybe last month. Can't remember two, but I, I brought her to Jacksonville and I just kind of said, just go walk around, just go walk around on your own and just take a look at everything. And she walked by the set and she kind of, she walked out through the air and saw the big arena and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. And I go, the reason why I brought you here today is because I want you to see what things could be. This is what possibilities look like. You don't see that when you're in a warehouse and you're running the ropes in front of three or four people and you're bumping randomly all over the place and you're, you know, you got spears in your ear yelling at you to get up, move, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go, <laughs> you know. But, you know, when you get stuck in that mode for weeks and weeks and weeks on end, you might lose sight of what's possible. Well, walk out there and imagine this place full of people. That's what's possible. And, you know, it's just, the realization that that could be possible if you really put in the groundwork. And I mean, really, really put in the groundwork. I don't, you know, I don't show favoritism with my students. I don't, uh, I tell them all the same thing. I go, if you want this bad enough, it can happen. And it can actually happen probably a lot easier today than it could 15, 20 years ago. It's just a matter of whether or not you want to kind of swim through the muddy waters, I guess is probably the most PG way to put it. You just kind of have to navigate through the tough stuff. Damn. Well, I can tell you this, Sean, and I'm sincere about this. You're a, you're a credit to our business. And, oh, uh, yeah, very nice of you, you to really say that, friend. Thank you. Yeah, because you you work hard and you came, just like Aubrey, came from the independents. And uh, I'm hoping and I'm thinking, I'm almost certain that this, uh, this alliance with Tully Blanchard is going to help you out. I always say, and I think you would agree, that if you can give great promos, you'll get over and Tully has given you a great promo. You can talk, and I think that's a sign that's going to be good things to come for you guys uh, here in the near future. I really do. I appreciate your kind words, man. I, I think things are going to turn around. Like I think now it feels like it's more uh, now or never kind of thing. That's that's kind of the way we're looking at things right now. Awesome. Very good. John, I wanted to thank you for your time. This conversation, it's like it's been magical. Like It's really, really awesome getting to chat with you, seeing how your mind works, learning about where you came from, all this fun stuff. So really, really appreciate you being here today. Oh, you guys are fantastic. I was looking forward to this. So thank you. Let's do it again soon. Hell yeah, man. Uh, This is AEW Unrestricted, official podcast of AEW. Uh, You can watch AEW on TNT every Wednesday, 8 o'clock, 7 central. Definitely tune in. We've got awesome, awesome wrestling. I mean, if you're listening to this podcast, you already know this. But uh, I'm Aubrey Edwards. My name is Tony Schiavone. Is it? I have no idea. It is. Handsome devil. Handsome, handsome devil. Subscribe to AEW Unrestricted wherever you get your podcasts. Tune in every week. Love you guys. Peace.